the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he said to his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And he said to them, some say John the Baptist, but others, Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he sternly ordered the disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. This is the gospel of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Who was Jesus? Who is Jesus? That's the question. That's the question. Was he a real person? What did he say? What did he do? What made him so special? What made him different than any other man in history? The records show. His birth was a miracle. His mom was a virgin and she was pregnant. He made the blind see. The deaf hear. The mute speak. The paralyzed walk. He healed terrible diseases. He knew what was in men's minds. He knew what was in men's hearts. He knows what is in men's hearts. He knew the story of people's lives without ever having met them. He spoke with authority. He amazed teachers. He amazed everyone. Nature obeyed him. He turned water into wine. He walked on water. He walked on top of the water. He could change the weather. He fed 5,000 people from one lunchbox. He brought people who were dead back to life. He loved sinners. He loved everyone. 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 He forgave sins. He never made a mistake. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts help us to live and love like you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Names are important. They usually mean something or have a purpose or reason behind them. I always love to hear how and where people got their names from. When David and I got married, we both changed our last names. Yes, you heard that right. Neither of our maiden names are Henrik. Henrik is the Scandinavian version of Henry, which means ruler of the household. We figured if we were going to start our own family, we should be the rulers of the household. And since David grew up and we fell in love in Scandinavian country of North Dakota, it was fitting for us to use this version of Henry. So naturally, when I was pregnant, the name became even more important. So we named our first child Eliana, which in Hebrew means my God answered me. Because I had a miscarriage months before my pregnancy with Eliana, we felt that it was the perfect name for her. Everett was named after the barber shop that Davin went to in Fargo for many, many years. And since we were moving to North Carolina, it was a way that Davin could take a little bit of Fargo with him, 
even when he wasn't at home. A name will always, always say something about who we are. Those are our given names, right? Our birth names. But as you grow up, you are given other names as well that reveal part of your identity. For me, daughter, wife, mother, sister, pastor, best friend. My four-year-old daughter asks me often now, are you a mean girl or a nice girl? She has started to tap in, even at four years old, to different names and identities that you can take on. Mean or nice, good, bad, smart, shy, silly, brave, or scared. We talk about these names and identities often. And it seems like the older we get, the more identities we end up having for ourselves. And this is how we enter the gospel today. We have reached a point in Matthew, a big point. It's actually a turning point for the whole rest of the gospel when Jesus chooses to reveal his true identity, his name to his disciples. Now, Jesus obviously knows who he is, but he wants to hear it from the disciples. So he starts out with an easy question. He asks, who do people say that I am? And the disciples began to rattle off the names one by one, but the people have gotten it wrong. They call him John the Baptist, Elijah, Jeremiah, or any one of the other prophets. And Jesus' Jesus's ministry had similarities to all those people and prophets that they listed off. This is why Jesus was so confusing to people. No one knew who Jesus was. They couldn't fit him in a nice little box. They didn't know his name and his true identity. It's probably why at the beginning of chapter 16 of Matthew, the religious leaders were trying to get Jesus to perform a sign, a miracle on demand. Well, that's not how Jesus rolls. They couldn't pin him down to just one thing. So they needed more proof, but it's just like how Jesus wanted it to be, honestly. Jesus was taking his own advice from the Sermon on the Mount when he said, Do not give what is holy to dogs and do not throw your pearls before swine or they will trample them underfoot and turn and maul you. Jesus knew that his identity, his true name, was going to be problematic. Jesus knew that he couldn't reveal to everyone at that time his true identity, because not everyone would be able to handle it all at once, or maybe not at all. So he just listened. Listened to what the disciples told him that other people were saying. But he doesn't let them stop there because he knows these 12 that surround him. They aren't just everyone. They aren't just the people. They were called by Jesus. They have walked this intimate journey with them. They have heard all of his teaching and they've seen all of his miracles. Jesus wonders if they really know. 
could they sense who he was? Did they know his true identity? Jesus wasn't really interested in what others had to say about him. He wanted to know what those closest to him had to say. So he asks them, who do you say that I am? Now Simon Peter, as he often does, speaks first and boldly. You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And in those ten words, Jesus' name and true identity is revealed for the first time in the Gospel of Matthew. In those ten words, Jesus, maybe for the first time on earth, feels seen. Jesus turns to Simon Peter and he pours out a rock-steady blessing upon him. Someone gets him. Even when others don't understand, Jesus gives Peter a new name and a new identity. Peter, the rock which Jesus will build up the church. Peter, the one who is handed over the keys to the kingdom of heaven. I remember the day I turned 16 years old. My birthday was on a Monday morning. My mom and I were the first people at the DMV that day. I was ready to ace that driving test, and I did. I walked away with this plastic card that told the world I had the ability to be in a car all by myself. My mom and I got in the car, and we were heading back home. These were the first words she said to me in the car. Laura, if you make it to your 17th birthday without a speeding ticket, I'll give you $100 because it's going to cost a lot more if you don't. My mom knew me. She knew that I had a heavy foot because she was the one that had been beside me for the last year, gently and not so gently reminding me, Laura, what's the speed limit and how fast are you going? But more than that, she loved me and she knew that I could do a lot of damage to myself and to other people by being careless. I'm sure that she was nervous as all get out to get home and give me the keys to a drive a vehicle that was capable of going over 100 miles per hour. It didn't matter how good or bad of a teenager I was, my frontal lobe was still not developed. I was still learning what risk was. I was still not fully capable of processing the extent of damage that I could really do. In my mind, whether I like to admit it or not, I was 16 and invincible. I got my first speeding ticket less than a week before my 17th birthday. When I read this story from Matthew, I really feel like Jesus is just handing over the keys to the kingdom of heaven to a 16-year-old. Yeah, sure, I have the advantage of knowing the rest of the story. Peter, the rock, the keeper of the keys, would also be the same Peter that just sentences later in the Gospel of Matthew would rebuke Jesus 
The same Peter that denied knowing Jesus three times in Jesus' darkest hour. How does Jesus just give the keys to the kingdom of heaven and build the church upon somebody like that? Clearly, clearly Peter's authority was not based on his rightness or his righteousness. So what was it based on then? Well, if you look back at verse 18, notice that Jesus was responding not to Peter's strengths or accomplishments as a disciple, but on Peter's witness and testimony to who Jesus was. What I've experienced in you, Jesus, is that you are the Messiah, the one that has been sent to us to be the gateway into the kingdom of God. The rock is not actually Peter himself, but Peter's testimony to who Jesus was. The church throughout the ages, as, as resilient or as fragile as each and every one of our daily walk of faith, the church has to continue to profess the faith that Peter professed that very day, to make sure that its foundation is rock solid and still moving in the right direction. Jesus' question to the church and to us continues to be based around the rock of testimony and witness, of name and identity. Who do you say that I am? What is your belief about who I am? What is your experience of the living God through my witness and presence? Jesus asks to us, now, today, this, this is the rock that the church is founded on. You and me and all other Christians throughout time and space, knowing the name and identity of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, our rock and redeemer, is what grants each and every one of us the set of keys to the kingdom of heaven. God relates to you and me like a loving parent who entrusts a fragile and immature child the power to do right or wrong, to be faithful or to drift away. And so in this passage, Jesus names us. And Jesus gives us a new identity. We're to go out and share the good news of Jesus Christ. We become not only individual witnesses within a community, but maybe more importantly, a community that witnesses to the life-giving story of Jesus Christ. Who do you say I am? How are you going to witness to that in the world? It's both in our individual lives and our collective lives together that we continue to build upon the rock of generations 
previous to us, all the way back to those first disciples and that early church. Jesus knows his name, his identity, and his purpose in this world. And today, he passes it on to all of his followers of all time and gives us a name, an identity, and a purpose, saying, you know, you know who I am. Go out and tell the people, the ones that are confused, the lost, the down and out, the oppressed, the marginalized and hurting, tell them my name, my identity, and my story. Amen.